He's been on hiatus. We've missed him terribly, but he's back with us this morning. Joining us now, Dr. Axel Morenschlager, the Calgary Zoo's Director of Conservation and Science. And first of all, good morning to you, Dr. Axel. We've missed you. Welcome back. How are you? Yeah, good morning. No, I've missed you guys too. Well, glad you're back. And you're talking, this is really interesting. We're all, you know, sitting on the edge of our seats waiting because you want to talk about, you know, not only the great conservation work that the zoo is involved with around the world, but particularly radioactive horses. What's this all about? (laughs) It's about the, the most wild horses you can imagine. It's the Asian wild horse, which is basically an ancient ancestor to the horses that we have now. They're small, stocky, have a large neck and head and 300 kilograms of toughness. They're they're home to Asia, where they live in places like Mongolia, in habitats sort of like ours, you know, where it gets very hot in the summer, cold in the winter. And they're so wild that even Genghis Khan, who invaded most of uh, Asia on horseback, right, couldn't tame them and others couldn't ever tame them either. Uh, They're very precious to to the local people, actually, the local name is Taki, which means spirit or worthy of worship. Now, the thing is, though, over time, populations declined um, because of overhunting, mainly, if you can believe it. And by 1969, this species was actually extinct in the wild. So some had been taken into zoos, uh, but very few bred at first. And then there were so few left that at least they, at first they had inbreeding problems, but they were fixed. And by the end of the 1950s, only 13 individual horses remained in zoos in the world. Um, but these have been used for reintroductions. Now, this is where we get to, to the crazy one, right? You picked up on the, the radioactive yeah. bit. Yeah, so one of the craziest programs deals with 30 horses that were released in 1998 in the condemned area around Chernobyl, where there was, of course, a, a nuclear reactor meltdown, right, in 1986. Oh. and. And this area is so radioactive that predictions were it would be uninhabitable for humans for about 20,000 years. Okay. And so in this area now, there are 150 Asian wild horses from this reintroduction within the exclusion zone. There's actually pictures of them in the buildings, uh, you know, that, that were abandoned when, when everybody had to leave. So it's a bit of a, a statement that, you know, for the relationship between nature and wildlife, that when an endangered species does better in a nuclear zone than it does <laughs> in its proximity yeah. to people. And this, you know, this is why we need to, to get better in other parts of the world to, to enable a coexistence of Asian horses and, and people, right? And so one of the things is that just recently I was introducing a session on conservation translocation with French organizations. And there's a fellow that I met, Laurent Tatin, and he, he spearheads a French organization that reintroduced 22 horses into Western Mongolia first into fenced areas that are now being opened up to the wilderness. And what's so cool about it is that he's working very much with the local people. You see, the horses can actually be aggressive with, with um, native horses or affect some of the other animals that people are herding, you know, like, um, and they're not just horses, they're camels. So people are herding camels mm. sort of for their own agriculture, if you will. And so he's working with a women's community council in Mongolia to figure out how to bring back horses in the, in the same way as also bringing uh, benefits to local people. So he's working on horses, but actually he's dealing with handicrafts such as wool and felt that the local people uh, produce so that there can be benefits in reintroducing horses 
to help local people. And this is very much what we, as you know, do in, in different projects in Africa as well, right? Where we, we're looking for win-win solutions. We're not just looking for, for wildlife to do well. We're looking for ways that wildlife and people can benefit. Amazing. And so this is, yeah, this is something that we're, we're pursuing now uh, as part of a bigger effort actually on extinct in the wild species. So these, this is another species, and you might remember some time ago that we talked about Elizabeth Ann, a black-footed ferret mm-hmm. that was cloned. Do you remember this? Yeah. And, and it was a species that was completely gone. This species, the, the Asian wild horse, is the second mammal that just recently was also cloned from a dead individual from 1998 who had their DNA now implanted to make an embryo in a domestic horse, and in 2020, Kurt was born. Wow, we're so, going to have to leave it there for time, but that's amazing, and you always weave these incredible tales, and surely. it always comes back to the great work that the Calgary Zoo does, so we appreciate your time this morning, Dr. Morenschlager. Well, we appreciate it. We thank you for supporting wildlife conservation and all Calgarians that make it possible for us. Good stuff. Thank you so much, and we'll catch up with you again next month. That's uh, Dr. Axel Morenschlager, the Calgary Zoo's Director of Conservation and Science, also known as the Nature Doctor. More online at calgaryzoo.com.